Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is Unorthodox, and I am your host, Adrian Garcia. And today is May 6, 2020. I want to welcome you all to a very special edition of the podcast, very special episode, because today marks the one-month anniversary since this podcast has launched. So officially, the 8th is going to be the one-month anniversary, but we're celebrating it today. And um, just want to thank all of y'all just for bringing this podcast to where it's at today. Um, most startup podcasts don't last past two or three episodes, and that's for different reasons. You know, some people think that it's, you know, one hour a week that you're doing, you know, a podcast, so it's very simple, but there's a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of work that you need to do in order for you to have a good product to uh, for the listeners out there, so it, it's a lot of work, and takes a lot of time, so it's maybe not as easy as people think, and that's maybe one of the reasons why podcast startup podcasts don't last that long. Another reason why is because you know you, they may get discouraged by the audience numbers. You know, it's not going to be a big following at first. You know, especially if you're not a public figure. If you are, I mean, that's that you're blessed. That's awesome. But if you're not, it's going to be a little bit harder to do a startup podcast. Like for me, essentially, I'm coming from nothing. So it is going to take me a while for me to get where I want to get, but I am going to get there. And it's going to take a lot of work, but I am going to get there. So I just want to thank each and every one of you for making this podcast, you know, something different and for not letting it be like one of those other startup podcasts, that, you know, that just start and all of a sudden they just fade away. This podcast is going to be here for a long time. And again, I just want to thank you so much from the bottom of my heart. I do appreciate y'all. And I'm going to keep, keep continuing to make great content for y'all. One thing I do want to talk about today is Mother's Day. So Mother's Day is today. Or no, excuse me, Mother's Day is Sunday. <laughs> Apologize about that. But we are going to be recognizing the mothers today. And, you know, in my lifetime, I've had many great examples of what a good mother is. And one that stands out, I think, more than anything is my wife, Anna. I see her every day with our daughter. Our daughter's one year old, her name is Charlotte. And I see her every day with Charlotte. And no matter if she's tired, no matter how much of a crappy day she's had, no matter how bad, you know, things may have gone that day or whatever's going on at the moment, she always has a smile for Charlotte. She always takes care of her more like better than anyone I've ever seen take care of a child. And she's just always there for her. She's always giving her what she needs, what she wants. And it's very convenient because Charlotte is very pro-mommy. You know, she's, she's more, she leans more towards her mother than me, which is fine. I, I mean, I really don't mind. But, you know, it's a lot of work cut out for, Anna, for my wife, Anna. So, you know, she's very she's exhausted. You know, she's, get, she's going through a lot. She's actually pregnant again. So it's, I mean, being pregnant as well as, you know, um, helping out the needs of a one-year-old is is a huge task in itself. And, you know, obviously I'm not just watching her. Obviously I'm helping out. But still, it's it's a lot of work for her because she's very pro-mommy. All she wants is mommy. So anyway, regardless of all that, you know, Anna is still a good mother. A very good mother. Very determined. No matter how stressed out she gets, you know, she's still love Charlotte more than anything. And I think that's the most important thing is that you do love your children more than anything because you're not going to be the perfect parent. 
you're not going to be the perfect mom. You're not going to be the perfect dad. I'm not going to be the perfect dad. And there are going to think they're going to, excuse me, there are going to be things that you do drop the ball on. There are going to be things that you do don't necessarily do to the fullest, like to the fullest, fullest extent or do properly as a parent. There's no how to guide on how to parent, but as long as you love them unconditionally, I think that that's the most important thing. I think the most important thing kids need to feel is love. And there's no doubt that this kid is loved. My one-year-old is loved. So, so Anna's an amazing mother and she continues to give Charlotte what she needs. She's going to give our next child what she needs because that's just who she is. And so that's one example. That's one example of a great motherly figure that I've come across in my lifetime. And another example is my own mom. You know, my, my, my mom herself, you know, she, a lot of y'all don't know the story, but she is very, very blessed to be where she's at right now. And not only that, she worked hard to get to where she was at right now. Coming from where my mom came from, you know, my mom, you know, had me when she was very, very young. And to see where she was then and to where she is now, you know, as far as career, as far as accolades, as achievements, she it's night and day. It's completely night and day. And I learned that that doesn't come without this hard work and determination, which she did have. You know, there was nights where I would go into, you know, my mom and dad's room and, you know, she was just doing work on a computer. And this was every night. This was on a night to night basis. This is... Every time that she wasn't spending with us, she was working. And she would spend time with us. I mean, don't don't get it, don't get it twisted. She would make sure that she spent time with her family. But she would do her work after hours. And I I can honestly say a lot of my a lot of where I get my hard work ethic, like where my work ethic from and just where I get my determination from is from my mother. My mother provided me that. My mother didn't you know, my mom didn't, you know, sit me down and say, look, Adrian, you need to work hard. She didn't do that. She showed me. My mom showed me how to work hard. I think it's more powerful when you show your kids what to do rather than, than just tell them. Sometimes talk is cheap. You know, obviously, words have power. They do. But I believe words backed up by action have even more power. So when my mom worked hard, I just, I learned from that. I learned from how, what she did and how she did it. And I just took that work ethic and just integrated it into myself, my personality and just who I am. And I just, I have her to thank for that. You know, my, my dad is obviously very hardworking as well, but we're, today we're highlighting the mothers. And I would say the majority of my work ethic does come from my mom, I would say. And she just continues to be an inspiration to me, even to this day, just continues to be an inspiration because you would think people that, you know, are very hardworking, very driven, very ambitious, that, you know, they come with personality flaws, like, you know, they're very short tempered, they don't listen, you know, things like that. But, you know, my mom doesn't, doesn't have any of those flaws. My mom is a very kind hearted person. Not only that, but she listens and she's very patient. So there's a lot of good qualities about my mom in re and the fact that she does work hard, you know, makes it even better. 
So that's those are examples that I've had in my lifetime, my life of great, you know, motherly figures. And, you know, to the ones who are listening, to the mothers who are listening, I'm sure y'all are great mothers. I'm sure that there's many other great mothers out there in the world. And then, again, we appreciate all that you do, all that you do. And, you know, one thing I'll go ahead and say, you know, on the record, what I'll go ahead and say is this, is I don't believe a man can truly be a man without his mother. So what do I mean by that? I don't believe that a man can truly reach his full potential as a man without receiving a necessity from his mother, without receiving something important from her. And what that is, is a mystery in some sense. But it's, I mean, the fact still remains. We all need something from our mother. And... Most of the time, our mother gives it to us without her even realizing that she's doing it. You know, whether it be, you know, characteristics, personality traits, life, I mean, just lessons in life, how to live life. You know, there's different things mothers can give to their children. But those are things that a son or a daughter needs. And again, your work doesn't go unnoticed, mothers. We do see everything that y'all do. We do appreciate y'all. And... Again, this this Mother's Day is about you all, so enjoy it and just have a great day that day, guys. But those are examples in my life of mothers, and I just wanted to go over that with you all. I just wanted to recognize two women in my life that are just are very crucial to who I am. Now, the two things that we're going to be talking about today, there's two things. The first thing we're going to do or talk about is we are going to talk about Something that I read about on psychology today, and it's an idea that we try to escape ourselves whenever we're trying to look for outside pleasures. So let me refer, let me say that again. We try to escape from ourselves when we are seeking outside pleasures. I'm going to explain what all that means here in a bit. But I definitely do want to, I did want to note that, that that is one of the things that we are going to be going over. The next thing we're going to be going over afterwards is going to be the last segment, which is the MMA segment, the UFC, uh, UFC news, MMA news segment that I added on last week. For those of you who don't know, I am a huge MMA mixed martial arts fan. I love it. And for right now, what I'm doing is I'm putting them as a segment on this show. But hopefully, you know, this actually becomes a, a separate podcast. And that's eventually what I do want to do is make my MMA segment its own podcast. When when that's going to be, not sure. I'll keep you all updated. But I definitely do want to accomplish that. And afterwards, I'm just going to go ahead and close it. But that's pretty much what we're going to be talking about today. So first thing I want to talk about is this idea that we try to escape ourselves by seeking outside pleasures. So what do I mean by that? Well, first, I'll go ahead and get started to where I actually saw this idea. So if you listen to my past couple episodes, I believe it was the second episode, I talked about you know, the, what, what I read on Psychology Today. And actually, Psychology Today is one of the uh, websites I vi- uh, visit frequently. I read the articles a lot. Now, unfortunately, when it comes to any news site or any article-based site, 
there are points of views. And sometimes when points of views are expressed, they sometimes compromise the facts. They sometimes blur the story. So Psychology Today is a good news source, obviously, for psychology. And it's, it's just I'm, – I'm very interested in the field. I'm very interested in the field of uh, psychology. So that's why I'm so interested. That's why I visit the site. But sometimes whenever you have articles and when you have authors of those articles, they have points of view that are kind of extreme and they, they're biased. They have political agendas. And what they do is when they write, they try to sway the reader towards their political agenda somehow, some way. So that's the bummer about it. But I think if you can just terrain through that, if you can just understand that, you know, it's, it's going to be like that wherever you read. It doesn't matter what news site you go to, what source you read from. It's always from a point of view. That's why you got to kind of read collectively different articles just to kind of gain an idea about the same subject. But it's, you know, with this, with this article in Psychology Today, you know, going back to the main point, it's talking about pretty much how we try to escape from ourselves. You know, when we look for certain outside pleasures, we're really trying to escape from who we are. And I want to go ahead and go deep on that. I actually want to go ahead and talk about that a lot today. Because I do believe we could all learn something from it. Now, do I agree with this? Yes. I do agree that people don't want to face who they are in the mirror. So let's talk about this idea first of us trying to escape from ourselves. So why are we trying to escape from ourselves? Well, I believe it's because of what I just stated a few seconds ago. People can't look at themselves in the mirror because they don't like what they see. That's one example. Another example is that people don't want to go to therapy because they don't want to they don't want to they don't want to discover something. They don't want to find out something about themselves that isn't necessarily the best thing. It's basically people running from the truth. So what people are trying to escape from when they're and when it comes to themselves is the dark part of themselves, the shadow. If you want to get, you know, all technical about it, if you want to get a little bit deeper, the shadow actually is a term that originates from Carl Jung, who's a Swiss psychologist. And he coined the term, the shadow, the anima, the animus, archetypes, you know, individuation, all those uh, sorts of things. If you, if you are familiar with Jung's work, it's very, um, it gets deep. It's a bit mystic. He gets a bit mystic with some of his uh, work, but it's definitely deep. And it, it makes a lot of sense. So one of the things that he talks about is the shadow and how when, when it comes to fixing ourselves, the best way to do that is to look inside the shadow, is to not be afraid and confront the person that's in that shadow that we don't see, that we, that's in the unconscious. So um, what people are trying to escape from when it comes to themselves is they're trying to escape from the shadow. They're trying to run from themselves. They're trying to run from that ugly part of them that they wish didn't exist. We all have dark impulses. We all have bad thoughts. We all have, you know, just unrealistic dark fantasies as well at times. You know, some, I mean, it's just, it's part of the human experience. It's part of human beings in general. 
I can't tell you to point out one person that has never had a bad thought or anything like that because that person doesn't exist. That person does not exist. People struggle with their shadow daily. And the reason why they struggle with it is because they don't know it. They don't know what it is. So when it when this idea, you know, presents the fact that people try to escape from themselves, you know, by outside means, by, you know, doing things outside of fixing themselves, they're ta- it's talking about the shadow. People are running away from what they don't know what lies from like what lies underneath. What people are running away from basically themselves. Because the shadow is a part of you. Now, what's a way that we can fix that? What's a way that we can fix us running away from our shadow and truly accepting us ourselves or who we are? Now, before I go into that, I want to talk about what it means by you know seeking outward pleasures. So let me talk about that for a little bit. Now, when people are trying to run away from their shadow, people seek other things on the outside to fulfill them or to change their identity. So what does that mean? People move to a new city. People get a new job. People do something different to run away from who they truly are. They believe that if they go do these things, if they go and move to that new city, if they do, if they go and get that new job, if they go and you know, accomplish this task that it will change who they are and therefore change what lies in their shadow that causes these negative emotions, these negative thoughts. I'm not saying everybody does that when they're going out and looking or going out and exploring the world. That's not what I'm saying. As a matter of fact, it's very crucial that you go out and and explore the world when you're young. You need to explore and see who you are, of course. But I'm talking about people who run away from who they are by doing something on the outside. And and that's really the point I'm just trying to make right there is that people, you know, seek outward pleasure or seek outward activities to pretty much change who they are to verify who they are. So that's why I mean that's what it well, that's what it means in regards to people seeking something outside of themselves. Now, to go back to this, what can help us accept who we are and do some changes? So what can help you do this? What what can help you truly accept who you are, what's in the shadow, everything like that? What can help you do that? It's just taking a pause and taking a good hard look at yourself. You know, there's moments where we think, there's moments that we get into that we either we're daydreaming or we're just thinking and we're thinking about certain events, maybe tragic events that have happened in our lives and they bring up old emotions, they bring up raw emotions in us and bring up negative emotions in us. Those moments right there, we need to try to learn from those, we need to try to learn from that event and we need to try to resolve those issues. It's not easy. It's not easy facing your shadow. It's not easy facing the thing that you are. But I do believe once you accept it and see it, that's when you can start making changes. Now, this is where the article, this is the part of the article that I don't agree with. This is the part right here where it says, knowing yourself is changing. 
Pretty much meaning that knowing yourself is all it takes. Accepting yourself is all it takes for you to be ideally who you want to be. And I don't necessarily agree with that. Yes, I do believe knowing yourself and discovering that is essential to progressing towards a better, a better you. Yes, I do agree with that. But I don't believe it stops there. I do believe that some improvement, improvements need to be made. Fundamental improvements need to be made in your character in order for you to reach this quote-unquote better person. Yes, I do agree that you do need to accept yourself. But I also agree that changes do need to be made. Otherwise, nothing is going to change in your life. Nothing is going to progress. Everything is going to stay the same. If all you do is accept yourself for who you are and really know yourself and that's it, then everything's still going to be the same. It's just that you just know yourself and you know why it is. That's it. You need to learn and you need to change those things. You need to learn how to change those things. And it's not easy. It's not easy. But, you know, going back to the main point, the reason why we try to escape from ourselves is because we're afraid on what's on the inside. Face who you are on the inside, confront that shadow, confront who you are, and you're going to get over a lot of things. You're going to get over a lot of life obstacles like that. Because a lot of the issues that you face on the outside is, an imp is directly impacted, or excuse me, let me rephrase that. All, a lot of the obstacles that you face on the outside are influenced, and the way you view them, are influenced by what's going on on the inside. So the way to fix outward problems, in a way, is to fix on what's, the, what's on the inside and how you react to them. So facing yourself is definitely crucial. That's why it's not wise. You know what? I'm not going to get into that. I'll get into that another time. But the point still remains. Don't run away from yourself. Don't run away from who you are. Accept who you are. But then change. Then attempt to change. And that's going to make your life a whole lot better. So I hope you guys learn from that. Um, the next thing I do want to go over is I want to go ahead and go over some MMA UFC news. And... Really, it's not in regards to UFC 249 that's happening this weekend. That's not what it's about. I actually broke that down in my last podcast. So if you did want to listen to that breakdown, go ahead and just go to episode four of my podcast. And you can go ahead and listen. I actually This is actually almost an hour of me breaking down UFC 249 and the matchups if you're interested in that. But the, the news that I wanted to go over today was really two news. One was... They announced today that they're actually working, or yesterday rather, that they announced that they're working on Tyron Woodley versus Gilbert Burns. Now, for those of you who aren't familiar with Tyron Woodley, Tyron Woodley is actually the former UFC welterweight champion. He beat Robbie Lawler for the UFC welterweight belt, and pretty devastatingly, he knocked him out in the first round. And he's he's won a couple of good fights after that. I think he uh, beat Stephen uh, Thompson once. The other time was a draw, and he beat Damian Maya. I'm not sure who else he beat. Oh, Darren Till. So he's beaten some good guys. And he lost his last fight to Kamaru Usman, which Kamaru Usman is a, definitely an animal. He's just a different beast. 
And I, I don't think that Tyron Woodley really gets the respect he deserves, honestly. I think he deserves a lot of respect. He um very explosive wrestler, very good on the feet, and very good also on the ground. And just has amazing one-punch power. So he is just one of those guys that's just very dangerous everywhere. And in this game, if you want to get to the top, you have to be the greatest. You have to be pretty much really exceptional in all areas. So he's going to be fighting Gilbert Burns. Now, Gilbert Burns is a guy who has heavy hands. And he's also a high-level jiu-jitsu artist. He actually is very high-level when it comes to jiu-jitsu. I want to say almost Damian Maya level high. As a matter of fact, that's the per last person he did knock out was Damian Maya. So he's a he's a very elite fighter. You know, Gilbert Burns is super elite. And going up against Woodley, that's what you're going to need. So how do I think this fight's going to go? I think this fight can go either one or two ways. I think... This fight can either be a safe fight from Tyron Woodley or it can be a brawl. I mean, I, I think it could actually be that. This fight is very difficult for Tyron Woodley for a lot of reasons. One, he's coming off of a layoff. Not that much of a layoff, but about a good year or so, I would say. And he's come back from more, but it's still... A layoff's never good for a fighter. I don't think so. I mean, some people can get over it really well. I mean, look at Dominic Cruz, but layoffs are, it does something to you. It does something to the fighter. So so with Tyron Woodley, you know, he's facing that obstacle, along with the obstacle that, you know, Gilbert Burns is, has been active, and Gilbert Burns knocked out Damian Maya. So he, he can give Tyron Woodley some trouble on the feet, but not only on the feet, but he can also give him trouble on the ground. He's a very high-level jiu-jitsu water. So even if Tyron you know, tr tries to escape the stand-up game with him, he still has to face the ground game. And Gilbert Burns is no punk on the ground. So it's a very tough fight for Tyron Woodley. And it could easily go Gilbert Burns' way if Tyron Woodley is, does mess up. But however, I do think that Tyron Woodley does have what it takes to beat him. I think overall he is a better fighter than Gilbert Burns. Um, he has the ability to stay on the feet if need be, but he also has the ability to knock Gilbert Burns out. You know, he has that power to do that. So it's not really, it's not really that far fetched to think that, you know, he can he can dominate Gilbert Burns. So the way that I see this fight going is is pretty, pretty straightforward. I, I think that that Tyron Woodley is going to win the fight. And I think he's probably going to win by decision. I think he's actually going to play it safe because if you look at it this way, that first fight right after you get out of a title fight, especially after you lost, is very important. This is the road back to the title. So he needs to start off on the right foot. I think he's going to be motivated, but I also think he's going to play it safe. I don't think that he's going to get in, put himself in unnecessary danger. You know, Obviously, you look at his last performances, like some of his past performances, the way he fought Damian Maya, the way he fought Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, he fought those guys really safe, and it was to retain his title. The very smart way to fight. Maybe not necessarily the most exciting way to fight, but it's smart. And he got what he wanted at the end of the day. He ended up retaining his title. So I don't believe it's going to be any different in this fight. I think Willie is going to play it safe against Gilbert Burns, and I think that he is going to... I think he's probably going to dominate him from bell to bell. 
So I have Tyron Woodley win this fight by decision. He's going to play it safe. Although, I would not be totally shocked if Gilbert Burns did pull off the upset here either. Because Gilbert Burns is a really good fighter in his own right. Really good. Really technical. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, I think that's on May 13th. They announced the fight. So for, for May 13th. So it should be a good one. It should be a real good fight. And um, can't wait to see what happens. The next bit of news that I do want to go over is Jorge Masvidal possibly not fighting for the UFC welterweight title next. Jorge Masvidal possibly not fighting for the UFC welterweight title next against Kamar Usman. So Jorge Masvidal, for a lot of you who don't know, is a very, very... He's a, he's a fighter's fighter. Like He is a very technical fighter. He, he's been fighting for a long time. He's a vet. As a matter of fact, I think he made notoriety, you know, fighting on those same videos that Kimbo Slice fought on. Yeah, I believe he did. He fought against some uh, guy named Ray. And Kimbo, you know, that was like kind of like the co-main event to like, you know, Kimbo's main fights. And this is when Kimbo Slice is doing those backyard brawls, like on those in those uh, Miami, uh, Miami neighborhoods or whatever. It was like on YouTube like 10 years ago. I'm sure a lot of you remember that. And, you know, he made pretty much his name there. I mean, a lot of people recognize him from there. But then he went on to um, take on a career in MMA, and he's been at it for, jeez, a long time. I don't, I don't know the exact years, but he's been at it for a long time. He's fought in many organizations, Bodog Fight. He's fought in, I believe he's fought in Strike Force and... Elite. I want to say he's fought in those, and he's fought in a couple others. But you know, notably, more people know him from you know his recent run. You know, his run started when he knocked out Darren Till in the second round, I believe. He knocked him out really good, and then afterwards he fought Ben Askren, which he knocked out Ben Askren in the opening seconds of the round, which is with a flying knee, which is freaking nuts. And then he fought afterwards, he fought Nate Diaz and was whooping Nate Diaz's butt. And he was pretty much dominating the fight. So um, that's who Jorge Masvidal is. A lot of you who, who aren't familiar with him, that's who he is. And he may not, and he was pretty much groomed to be the next in line for the title shot. That may not happen now. So this is what Dana White had to say. So I'm going to go ahead and reread what he said. For Dana White, we have something else interesting for Masvidal, too, that we're just talking about yesterday. We'll see. We'll see how this whole thing plays out. To start speculating down the road now is too soon. Let's get by these big three fights in Florida, and then we'll figure out what's next. We'll figure out... Well, we're talking about different possibilities with these guys. Okay. So, pretty much what Dana is saying here is that, you know, there's other options for Jorge Masvidal besides Kamaru Usman, which would be probably the more interesting fight for Jorge Masvidal. I think that's the fight he deserves. Let me take that back. It's not the most interesting fight. There's more interesting fights out there, but as far as the fight that he deserves, yeah. Jorge Masvidal deserves a title shot. There's no doubt about that. I think he deserved a title shot after he knocked out Ben Askren. He fought Nate Diaz. I think that solidified it, but the title shot was really earned when he knocked out Ben Askren with a flying knee. I think that was it. So let's talk about these other options. So he's basically alluding that there's other options for Jorge Masvidal here. So I'm going to talk about two possibilities that he might have. And then we'll go ahead and go on with that. So 
The first option I believe that's on the table for him is Kobe Covington. So, those of you who don't know Kobe Covington, he is a wrestler from. Oh God, is he from Oklahoma? I he might be, or from New York. I'm not sure. One of the two, and. You know, he's been he's been pretty good all of his career. It wasn't until like in recent years where he started taking on like the the role of a heel using wrestling terms. That's pretty much the bad guy. Where he turned bad guy and started talking a lot of trash like Conor McGregor that, you know, he started gaining more notoriety that saved him actually from being cut in the UFC and he you know, he's he backs it up though too. You know, he lost his last fight to Kamaru Usman, but you know, it was a really good fight. But, I mean, other than that, he's won some pretty significant fights in his career. You know, he's beaten Robbie Lawler. He's beaten Rafael Dos Anjos. He's beaten a number of guys. I believe he's beaten Damian Maya. Those are all really good wins. So, it's a good fight for him. It's a good fight for Jorge because there's history there. They train together. I think they still actually train at the same gym. I don't think they train as training partners anymore or friends anymore. But they still do train at the same gym as far as I'm concerned. To my knowledge, they do. And, you know, they actually used to be pretty close back in the day. They used to actually be friends. Until recent years where Kobe Covington started talking trash is when, you know, he really stepped out as a heel and he actually rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. One of those people being Jorge Masvidal. So they've been kind of going back and forth in recent, about, about the past year or so. And a fight between them has always been on the table. It's always been interesting. They've always wanted, they've expressed interest in fighting each other. And... You know, honestly, that's probably more interesting than uh, Jorge Masvidal and Kamar Usman. With uh, Masvidal and uh, Kamar Usman, that's an interesting fight too because they have beef. And they don't, I don't think they have history, but they have beef. So that's interesting as well. But Kobe Covington, there's a lot more story there. You can sell the fight a lot more. And, you know, Covington's coming off a loss to Kamar Usman, so it's not like he's coming off a loss to just anybody. It's, it's off the champion. So that fight, I believe, is warranted if... You know, Jorge Masvidal were were to beat Kobe Covington, he could earn a title shot with that. So I I, I would actually like to see that fight. Um, the other option that he does have, Jorge Masvidal, the other option that he has, I believe, would be Conor McGregor. Now, what Masvidal wants, I believe, is Conor McGregor because that's the money fight. There's no beef there. There's no, like, animosity between the two as far as I'm concerned. They may have said a few things back and forth, but it's never been anything like Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor where they were just talking trash to each other, like, the whole buildup. It wasn't anything like that. But I know Masvidal has expressed interest in fighting Conor McGregor because that's that's the big payday. Anybody who fights Conor McGregor is, they're going to get paid that day. They're going to get paid substantially. Now, granted, I, I don't believe Donald Cerrone really got paid for his last fight with Conor McGregor that much, but Jorge Masvidal's going to get paid. Jorge Masvidal's uh, like the hot button right now. He's the hot ticket, and he's just he's on fire right now. So I believe he would get a lot of money from that fight. So that, that's another option for him. Now, when it comes to breaking down these fights, I'm not really going to break down styles or style, like, you know, break down what I think is going to happen. I'm not going to do that until they announce something, until, you know, something is in the works or something is official. So I won't do that now. I'll say that for another podcast. But both of them would be interesting fights. I believe those are really the only two options that he does have. Another option that you could throw in the table is obviously Leon Edwards. You can make an argument for that. You know, obviously him and um, him, I mean Jorge and uh, uh, Leon Edwards, they got into an altercation backstage at one of the 
UFC events years ago and about a year or so ago. And, you know, obviously drama's been building up between them, so that would be a good fight. Um, I can't really think of anybody else. You know, I can't think of anybody else to fight, you know, Mosby at all. I think really those three fights, or those four fights, excuse me, would make the most sense for him. I think it's Kamaru Usman. Personally, I believe he should fight Kamaru Usman more than anything. But if they get the fight to either Kobe Covington or Conor McGregor, that'd be good too. You know, those are all those are interesting, and also even Leon Edwards. But I doubt Leon Edwards is the least likely. I think it's either going to be the Usman, Covington, or McGregor for uh, Jorge Masvidal. I think that's going to be the fight. But we'll see. We'll see when um, they announce it. We'll see what exactly happens. These next uh, month, this next month or so, if that is going to be the fight, if that is going to be the way to go, if it is, man, that'd be that'd be awesome. Either one of those fights, I'd be excited for. So that's pretty much it, guys. Um, that's pretty much it when it comes to the podcast. Uh, this episode of the podcast. Again, I do want to thank you all for tuning in and um, making this podcast what it is. It's been a month, and really do want to um, just express my gratitude towards y'all and just really just. Pretty much give y'all recognition for listening. And thank y'all for taking the time to listen. The pro- the material is going to get better. Everything is going to get better when it comes to the podcast. That's all I focus on is improving, getting better. Um, everything is going to change. So that, that's, that's always a good thing. So uh, again, guys, I do appreciate y'all listening. Uh, I do want to remind y'all, if y'all are listening on Anchor, please follow me on Anchor. Or if you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe. That way you can get notifications of when I do put on a new podcast. I am going to be putting them out every Wednesday, by the way. I'm not going to be doing it any other day other than Wednesday. Now, when I start back up work again, that may change a little bit. Maybe some weeks will be a little bit different. It may come out a day before or a day after. I'll let you know. But the target days are always going to be on Wednesdays. Every week it's going to be Wednesdays that this podcast is going to be streaming. A new podcast is going to be streaming on Wednesdays. So just to keep you all informed, um, again, just please subscribe to the podcast if you're on iTunes and follow if you're on Anchor. And also just want to give you some, a couple other news. I am going to be uh, building a website. So I am actually – I did actually start building a website today earlier, and I got the beginning stages of it down. I'm not really tech savvy, so if it does come out kind of crappy, I do apologize. But it's gonna, I'm going to do it the best I can. And I'm going to go ahead and design the website for the podcast. And I'm also going to design a Facebook page as well for it. So those, uh, those of you who I do send out the notification to go ahead and invite to like the page, please do so. Please like the Facebook page at Orthodox. And I'll go ahead and send that to pretty much everybody, all my friends that listen on Facebook. So again, guys, much appreciated for y'all listening today. Thank y'all so much for y'all's time. And um, it, does, it doesn't go unnoticed. I will be getting out. Another episode next week, so stay tuned for more details as the week comes along. And again, stay tuned for uh, more details and information about my website and also my Facebook page. Those things should be materializing within a week or so, I would say. I do want to make it right as, as the best I can, so do be on the lookout for that information. Anyways, guys, it's been great. Love you all. Thank you all so much for tuning in, and we'll see you all next time. God bless you all, guys.